We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's time to hear from some of the best high school football coaches in the area. That's live. Come on. It's the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show. All right. Nice job, fellas. Presented by your local pick and save stores. Let's turn it over to Muskego Athletic Director Ryan McMillan. Don't let one play affect the next one. Just learn from it. And the fans high school insider, big time Mike McGivern. Welcome back to the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores. On Sports Radio 105.7 FM, the fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Ryan McMillan. He is my co-host. He's the athletic director at Muskego. We are joined in studio by Pat Miles, his wife, Carla. I wanted to say that, but she's like, why did you put this headset on me? How dare you? Well, too bad. You know what? Get up there and man up, girl. <laughs> there you go. Hey, Pat, any changes, um, any rule changes, high school football this year? Uh, some big ones. And uh, in what I mentioned in the earlier segment that I talked to at a couple of the schools, I brought those up because there is going to be some concern. One, not too big, but now um, on the offense, they only have to have five players on the line of scrimmage, 50 through 79, the numbers, and uh, on regular scrimmage on on. On scrimmage kickdowns, you can have other people, and you have 83 snapping the ball and all those types of right. things. Not so big. The foul there is going to be you can't have any more than four backs in the field now. So that's the foul. The foul isn't if you had um, more than seven on the or more than five on the line. The foul is more than four backs. So you have a quarterback, you have two backs, and you have two wide receivers that are off the line. You now have an illegal formation. And, and I believe the reason for that change was if they only had nine on the field or if they only had ten on the field, they had to have seven on the line. Well, now that's not the case. They only have to have five on the line. Um, and you can only have four backs. No more than four backs. No more than four backs. Right. Ryan, how would that affect you as a head coach? That wouldn't affect you much, would no. it? The five on the line wouldn't affect you? No, you just adjust. I mean, you figure it out. It's. And I would guess some of the formations or some of your offensive sets, you might have to make sure that you only have four back there, you know, where you might have uh, two wide split off. You have the quarterback and two backs split. Uh, you know, you can't do that anymore. Right. I mean, the one thing is they give you enough prior notice. Right. As coaches, there's little tweaks every year. Like, I remember when the the kickoff thing changed and everything else. Like, there's like it might have taken away one team's ability and whole scheme of what they were doing and big change for them, but for the most part, I mean, you can you can adapt to what they're giving you because it just takes time, and then you ask certain questions, and you'll find the answers. And now that you can only have, you know, you can only have five on the line, a team that throws the ball as much as Muskego, this is going to affect <laughs> their, their total offensive package, right? Absolutely. Air Krause, we called him, he threw it five times or something in the game, we started calling him Air Krause, he told yep. me to knock it off. Threw it effectively, that's he, all that matters. There were four for five or something that's that right. game, and all of a sudden people in Muskego were like, we should throw the ball more he's like no we're not throwing the ball more right and it worked out for him obviously any other changes yeah so that that one's pretty straightforward um 
but the bigger one is the play clock. And that is now you you don't it's not twenty five seconds that you have to snap the ball. It's twenty five or forty seconds, depending on if we're coming out of a timeout, if we're coming off of an injury, if we're starting the quarter, it's going to be a twenty five second clock. The referee will crank it, you know, snap, uh, have the ready for play signal like he always did. But now, very similar to college or pros, um, we have a pass over the middle, caught. Umpire's going to get it. He's going to put it down as soon as that play is ruled over. And you'll see your officials now raise one arm like they do in college and in the pros. A 40-second clock will start. And uh, that's been tried out in four different states for three years. And the Federation finally said, yes, we're going to do that all across the country. The problem is, maybe not the problem, but in Wisconsin, we will not have any play visible play clocks on the field. And so we've always used, and we haven't had them, but... We've always used a back judge, and they keep time on the field for the play clock. And he would watch the referee when he'd chop it in. He has a little device that he wears on the side of his belt, hits the button, 25 seconds goes off, it vibrates, he throws his flag, we have a delay of game. Same situation here, but the fans are going to be watching if the big clock is ticking down, and they're going to see 25 seconds go by and 30 go by and 35, and they're wondering why, why don't we have a delay of game. Well, we now have 40 seconds before they have to snap the Are ball. you happy with that rule? Yeah, it's it's very similar to college. It's going to allow for a nice flow to the game. What it's going to do, it's going to put a little more pressure on the officials because now we have, and also, and I'll talk to you, Ryan, about this, we want to make sure, as simple as this is, that we have good ball boys on the sideline because now when that play is done, if it's out of bounds, if he goes out of bounds, it, that 40-second clock is going to start. Uh, depending on the situation, but he could run out of bounds. We stopped the big clock, but the 40-second clock is going to start as soon as that official has ruled it that play's dead. We have to get a new ball and get it to the umpire, get it spotted, because the big clock is not going to go, but that 40-second clock is going. And if we have somebody who can't get a ball to our officials or the officials aren't doing a good ball, good job getting that ball to the umpire and we're dropping it in there, that 40-second clock is ticking away, ticking away. And there's Oh, you're going to have some coaches. It's, yeah, right, two coaches oh yeah. yelling. So we want to make sure that we have good ball boys, and we on our crew, as most crews do, we talk to the chain crew, we talk to the game management, everything long before the opening kickoff to make sure. And so we're going to be talking with them and letting them know, hey, we have to make sure we have a ball quickly, get it to us so we can get it on the field, get it spotted, so the umpire can back out and we can be playing football. Is that going to affect at all teams that like to, to, to no huddle and get up there? That's not going to affect those guys much, right? I wouldn't think so. Yeah. Um, I, I, when I first saw this rule, I was like, this is awesome as an ex-play caller because then you get the extra time that the colleges and the pros and you can kind of sift through your play card what you want to get. But then when you started to dig into it more, it's like, I don't know that I am getting extra time. And I just, you know, I made a couple notes on how he's delineating the 40 seconds it started because, like, as a head coach, I would want to know that, especially when you get in certain situations in the game. And you want to run the clock down, but you don't want to delay a game. Obviously, you want to be snapping it on, you know, one or two seconds left. Um, little things like that. It's what, just it's knowing when is that clock starting. I think from a coach's standpoint, is going to be tough for some of those guys. And then, you know, obviously keeping everybody else moving will, in the right direction. Will the back official still give you the five second? Yeah. What, what the mechanic is, and again, this device that he has. There's several of them out there, um, but at 10 seconds prior to the delay of game, if it's the 25 second or the 40, this device will do both. At 10 seconds, he's going to raise his arm. 
because he'll get buzzed. So at a, on a 40-second clock, 30 seconds, he's going to get a buzz. He's going to raise his arm. At five seconds, he's going to get another two buzzes, which will tell him, and he'll start chopping. My mechanic, I talk to the offensive coordinators and the head coaches prior to the game and the quarterbacks and say, you watch our back judge. And when you see his arm go up, you know that's 10 seconds. And when you see him start to chop, you have five seconds. We take it a step farther as a referee. When his arm goes up, I verbally say it so everybody hears it. His arm's up. And then when he starts chopping, he's chopping. Now the coach can decide do they want to burn a timeout. The quarterback can decide if he wants to burn a timeout or not or if they think they can get the playoff in time. And it's all preventative officiating so that um, we don't want to have the flags out there. We really don't. Uh, on my crew, both college and high school, uh, we have the nickname, we're the stealth crew. We just stay under the radar. We don't want anybody to know that we're out there. We're not there. You know, we don't get paid by the flag. We don't get, you know, it's, you don't have to throw right. a flag. We would like to manage the game. That's where you get the better games when the officials manage it. Uh, the coaches understand that. The players understand that. Now they can play. They can coach. They don't have to worry about anything else. Boy, you love when, when you were coaching, you love hearing that. Absolutely. His crew is great. We it's had great him out crew. It's a great crew. Yeah. We had him mic'd up on our video board, and he was giving everything verbally along with the hands. It was pretty cool, and he handled it great. He was the first group that would say said yes and did a nice job with it. Yeah, he uh, he did the Woodland Conference game last year. It was his birthday, in fact, yes. I believe. Was it not? Yeah, yeah it, it was. was your birthday. I'd... Yep, and you were sitting on the bench with my wife as I was on a very cold <laughs> it day. Co- and, it was uh, cold, man. It was, yes. it was cold. Carla, it was you and I your were. your mom's birthday. My mom's birthday. It was your yeah. mom. That's yeah. right. I said hello yeah. to her. Yes, in the... yes you She was did. in the hospital or something, yep. was she, she not? Was, How's she yes. doing? She she passed away. I'm She's sorry, Pat. Away, yeah. I did not know that. And I apologize. If she was, and that's one thing I'm th- I've already been thinking about for this year. I will call her every Friday on my way to my game. And she would want to know where I was at, where she was really proud of the the good fortunes I've had through officiating. Yeah. And uh, she always wanted to know. And she'd be watching every Packer game. She'd be watching. And she was a huge fan. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. But I would call her every Friday night on the way to the game and uh, let her know where I was at. My mom listens to this show every week. Every week. Does she? So she can't get – I keep telling her I'm on from 8 to noon. And she's like, I'm, no, 10 to noon. And I go, no, I'm on from 8 to noon. She's like, no, 10 to noon. So she won't listen to the Home Improvement Show, and rightfully so, maybe. Okay. And then the U Sports Show, but 10 to noon, she listens every week. And, and normally will call me after to say, hey, that was great. We had Pat Cerrone on oh, yeah. from Oshkosh. Sure. And he was on, and she called. Like, my phone's turned off, but she, I can see she called. And then we're, I'm still talking, and I'm thinking, well, she knows I'm on the air. And she called again. So I went to a break and I ran outside. I said, you're okay. She's like, I wouldn't play for that guy. I go, excuse me? She goes, no, uh, he's too cocky. I wouldn't play for him. I said, well, he's not trying to recruit an 89-year-old woman with a bad wheel. She goes, I have some eligibility left. And I thought, oh, man. Hey, Pat, thank you. It's so good. Carla, so good to see you. Nice to see you. Have a good time at State Fair. And we we could do a full show. We could do, we could. We could do two hours with you sitting right there, and one day maybe we'll do that. Um, it's really interesting stuff, and all the things that you do and give back to this game that we love, thank you for that. Thanks, Mike. You bet, Thanks, Ryan. Thank you. We're going to get to a break. Other side of the break, Patrick Denine. He is the uh, strength and conditioning coach at the mighty Greendale Martin Luther Spartan is going to join us on the other side. See how he's getting the boys ready. See what he's doing at this point, getting ready for the season. This is the Wendy's. Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores. On Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
Welcome back to the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick and save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside my co-host, he's Ryan McMillan. Ryan McMillan, my goodness, the athletic director at Muskego, trying to reach uh, Patrick Denine. I know he's up in Wisconsin Delta, but he said he'd be able to step back and, and talk to us at 11.15, so we'll continue to, to reach out to him. He's the strength and conditioning coach at Martin Luther. And, and Coach, let's talk a little bit about that part of this game. That that thing's changed a lot. You know, there, there's so much more that goes into that part of the game. When you were at Oconomowoc compared to when you played at Wanakee, b- big difference in the strength and conditioning world? Uh, in, in terms of some of the specific exercises and some of the specific programming, yeah, there's, there's a difference. I mean, because everyone's gotten so educated in that field, at least most folks have, the guys that are on top anyway. Right. Um, in terms of what's best for that student-athlete's body and how to manage the programming and the multiple sport athlete and everything else so you continue to climb up the mountain, if you will, and never take a step backwards. Um, but from a structure standpoint, I think Wanakee was a little bit ahead of the game, you know, back then, and, and that commitment, the commitment piece of it and the, the timelines and the structures and where he had to be when he had to be is very similar. Well, I, I had the opportunity to come out to Oconomowoc a number of occasions when you were coaching there and uh, pick and save student athlete of the week, team of the week, stuff yeah. like that. And I was in when, when you guys were getting after it in the weight room and those kids knew they were, they were lockstep, man. They knew exactly where they were supposed to be, when they were supposed to be there, how long. And there was a couple of captains, the Larson kid, I think yeah. was one of them, who was in charge of that weight room. And I watched it. I just kind of just hung out and talked to you a little bit. And you didn't actually have a lot to do because they knew what they were doing. And I'm sure you set that all beginning of the season. But this is middle to the end of the season. And those those senior captains, they were like, all right, move, let's go. And everybody get here and walk over to kid, why aren't you, why aren't you getting after it? Let's go. Come on, let's go. And yep. it was interesting to me. Yeah, really, it's a year-round process and and – Tom Roman, the guy behind the scenes, like Danny Malachnik at uh, Muskego, and and Patrick at you know Martin Luther. These guys do a great job of continually um, train and groom these kids from ninth grade through senior year. And and yeah, we put all the structure together. But once that we want the kids to own it because the kids are going to own it on Friday night. They're the ones playing the game, not the coaches. And so when those expectations are there. And that positive peer pressure is there, and this is who we are, and this is what we do. Um, takes a few years to get that established, but once you get it established, it's a, it's pretty neat to sit back and watch. You know, Patrick played football at Keel, and he played at Whitewater, mm-hmm. and um, so I, I I work out with him a couple of days a week over lunch hour, go over and, and do stuff, and and uh, I love him, but man, that, that, that it's thirty <laughs> minutes of of just heck, man. It's it's hard. Yep. And everything, most what he does is is sixteens, and I go, man, everybody else does fifteens. He goes, I know, I I always wanted to over deliver, and I would get better. So everything I always did, they'd say do fifteen, I do sixteen, and I said, but I'm not you, man. Why why are you making <laughs> me do that? But I watched him, and and as you know, coaching basketball at Martin Luther, when you know a couple days a week, we would be down there and, and doing stuff with him, and it wasn't heavy lifting. You know, it mm-hmm. was it was just being better athletes. It was doing jump box. It was doing you know this down the hallway and come into the weight room and and do this and and he's constantly 
looking at new things and, and, and how to improve and how to get better and how to get these kids more engaged. And it's interesting because, you know, you know the kids that aren't fully engaged. Oh, yeah. You can see it. You yep. see them. And then at the end of the year, when it's time to go play college basketball, they're like, man, I better get in the weight room. Well, you know what? You had four years of Patrick, you know, teaching you and saying, let's do this. And, and you just kind of blew it off in your head. And now you're going to, you're going to pay for it. Right. No, that, uh, that's definitely huge. And it, and I'm happy to hear that your basketball program's going to the weight room and doing those things. Cause sometimes, you know, there gets to be a perception that it's a football only piece. And I think, the athletic directors, the strength coaches, coaches in general, got to fight that pretty hard. To this is everybody. This is an athlete development center, not a football strength and conditioning room. So, um, hearing basketball players get in there and all those other sports is is very very positive. And it's you know it doesn't take much. You got thirty minutes, and you know really they're they're training the I don't want to say the fighter mentality in kids, but if you can grind it out in the weight room, you're walking out of there and developing those attributes such as grit and determination and coming back every day. And you just had an hour and a half um, tough practice in the gym. You're running up and down the floor, full court pressing, doing all those things. And now you got to walk off the hardwood and go in and get underneath the bar. There's not a lot of people that want to do that, but if you do it, it pays huge repercussions in you, the end. There are times where you do it before practice, too. That's awesome. Yeah. That's even better. And you know what? Get after it in there. And Patrick doesn't play. You know what? He's It's 30 minutes, so you're going to go hard 30 minutes. And and, yep. and if you don't, he'll say, hey, I need him an extra 10 because they're not doing what I want. And we're like, you got it. Okay. Yep. And they understand. They start learning really quickly that they're going to have to do this or they're going to stay in there a little bit longer. And... Man, there there were some practices. Now we were smart. We were doing it if we, you know, we played till Friday. Maybe we'll do it Monday or Tuesday if we don't have a game. Right. And you know what? And we'll lift a little bit, and their shots are off. We we know that's going to happen. We know their legs are going to be tired, depending on what Patrick did. Yeah. But the conversations that he had with us as coaches would be, okay, where do we want to get better? You know what? Do we want? Do we want this? Do we want? Do we want to get stronger? Then I'll do this. If we want their legs to be a little, we want them a little jumpier. Let's mm-hmm. do this. Let's do that. And so he he does a nice job with with the basketball program. And I see the football program. You know what what they do and how how hard they get after it. And and I wish he was joining us because he's he's up at some you know Noah's Ark or something. Right. He's probably forgot because right. <laughs> he's got four daughters and he's chasing them all over the place. And he goes, No, I can get away for ten minutes. And I was like, no, You probably can't. You probably can't. Mosquitoes known as that. That's where their advantage is. I mean, yep. when you talk to people, they go, well, look at these guys. Look at how strong they are and, yep. and the amount of time that they spend in the weight room. Why is it, Ryan, do you think that some schools get it and some schools don't? That's a great question. I think it's all about relationships and building that trust and, and explaining the why behind what you're doing and how you're doing it. And and also, there's some coaches out there that just it's an insecurity standpoint for them where they don't know enough about it. And to walk in there when you got a hundred, you know, the football team in there and they're just getting after, like you mentioned, right. There's an intimidation factor, some of that. And if you don't know, and you're, it's kind of uncomfortable, you know, do you always want to go in there? But then getting that great strength coach and athletic director and other coaches to continually reach out, welcome, bring them in. I mean, I, I would tell you our girls at Muskego are working just as hard, if not harder um, in the weight room, our girl soccer coach has been knocking on the door for the last few years to want to get in there. And we finally were able to get him in there 
as an instructor this summer. Really? Um, and he's happier than heck in, in, in knocking down those stereotypes and building those bridges, I think, are huge. And Tom Roman did a phenomenal job with that at Oconomowoc as well. What I like about watching a guy like Patrick, and I'm sure that these guys that you just talked about do the same, the workout he has for the football players totally different than what he has for the basketball players and totally different than he would have for the girls' soccer program. Mm-hmm. Right? It's sometimes, yep. It depends how you build your programming. I think if you talk to our guy, we have uh, core movements and core strength uh, type activities that probably are seamless across all sports and developing you know, the multi-hip movements and joints and all that other stuff uh, with a general athlete, but then... Then you can dial it into sports-specific type things. I'll tell you, like Danny Malachnik and Muskego does a great job of modifying for our cross-country program. A right. lot of runners don't think we're going to the weight room, but with C.J. Michaud and, and Danny, they get together, and they're they're doing a lot of core lifts that the football are, and then they're adjusting and hitting what they need to hit to maximize that individual athlete in, the, in that sport. Yeah, and that whole, that whole field has just changed so much. Huge. Yeah, it really has. Hey, we're going to get to a break. Before we, we do, on the other side of the break, we're going to talk to Mike Freitag, who's the athletic trainer at Franklin High School. He's part of MOSH. does a great job. Um, it's time for the 13th annual Perkins Restaurant and Bakery's Fan Charity Golf Outing to benefit kids, uh, give kids the world. Coming up on September 25th at beautiful Western Lakes Golf Club in Pewaukee. It's your chance to play with us guys from the fan and other local celebrities. Just $125 for a great day of golf. You will provide breakfast, lunch, and dinner from Perkins, Robert's Specialty Meats, and Saz's. Get all the details now. Sign up at 1057fmthefan.com. Do you play? What's that? You play golf? Oh, yeah. You do? Yeah. So I was uh, the celebrity for the Nary Golf Outing this year. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, you had to beat me on the par three. Uh, haven't picked up a club in two years. That's a tough deal, though. Something tells me you're a basketball guy. You get out there swinging a little bit good at the Have par not, threes. I couldn't find my clubs the morning of. Get out there, <laughs> and I thought, I'll get out there early enough, get out to the, 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 the hole I'm on, and hit some practice shots. There was a guy fixing the green when I got out there, oh. so I couldn't. 140 yards, downhill, water on the left. Didn't know there was water on the right till I hit one way right. <laughs> um, the first 10 foursomes that came through six of them used my shot That's and then awesome. it went away and it went away in a big <laughs> Brian it was gone I hit one so far to the right and it splashed and the guy that was standing there goes I've played this course 10 years 10 times I never even knew there was water on the right how far did you hit that it was and then the last four foursomes it came back and the, that consistency with golf oh it's so hard the last group came through and said, hey, we are 14 under, and we think 15 under wins it, and we need your help. I said, you came to the wrong hole, boys. <laughs> and I said, I'll, I'll do my best. I hit it right over the, the, the pin, and it backed up to four feet to the cup. That's awesome. They looked at me. I dropped my club. I said, I'm done. Are you, you kidding me? You said, me? I've been doing this all day, fellas. This <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> they, they tapped it in, and 16 under won it, so they didn't win it. But... Yeah, hey, look. That's awesome. I tell these guys that run this this celebrity one here, you know, our guys, and I said, if you need me, I'm there. If you if you're short and you need me as 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 one of the celebrity guys, I I could be there, and I've played in it quite a bit. But if you don't, I'm okay. You don't need me there. Right. I mean, how'd you like to pay a buck twenty five and have me as your celebrity? That'd be great. Yeah, sign me up. Sign you <laughs> up. That's awesome, man. Let's get to a break. Other side of the break, Mike Freitag. He is with Mosh. 
And uh, looking forward to talking to him because a lot of stuff going on in, in their world as well. This is the U Sports Show brought to you by Allstate Insurance on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the, I was going to say youth sports show. Get out of there. Welcome back to the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick and save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGiver alongside Ryan McMillan, the athletic director at Muskego. Boy, these uh, these guys from Mashi's athletic trainers got a lot on their hands right now. Absolutely. Man, they really do. And, and uh, you told me a while ago that, that – you know what? It's easier for you as a head football coach when you were the head football coach at Oconomowoc to have guys like like Mike Fry take next to you because they make the decisions on stuff. A thousand percent. I was very fortunate to have a guy named Jason Anderson with Pro Health who does a phenomenal job. And then we're fortunate in Muskego to have Sarah Carey. She's locked in. And she's putting in hours upon hours. And I know she worked with Mike over at Franklin and and uh, I could tell you, Coach uh, over at Franklin says the exact same thing about Mike. I mean, the, they're grinders. They put hours, and they do their education. And you're very fortunate when you got a good one that's locked in because it takes so much uh, angst off your plate, and it's 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 comforting. I tell you, Ashley at, at Greendale Martin Luther is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's just phenomenal. And it was cool because she was she was lockstep with us all the way to win a state championship. She she yep. stayed up in in Madison with us. She was there, and our kids relied on her a lot, probably more than most, <laughs> because yeah. every little oh my foot hurts, oh my hand. Yeah. And Ashley, what's the problem? And she was right there, man. And she was she was as big a part of us winning that state championship as any of us coaches. I'll tell you that. We are now joined by Mike Freitag, athletic tra- athletic trainer for Franklin High School. He's part of Mosh. Mike, how you doing? Good. How are you this morning? Good. We really appreciate a couple minutes of your time, and I wanted to reach out. You know, high school football, the games at least, are about to start. The practices have started already. What's this time of year like for a guy like you? Oh, it's always hectic and chaotic. I mean, basically, I mean, you're getting everything ready. You're trying to maintain and get those guys ready um, as far as injury prevention stuff. Um, and, you know, making sure you have your supplies in order, communicating with coaches, and then, I mean, in addition to just football starting, you got all the other sports that are kicking in starting next week. Well, when you know, at a place like Franklin and a place like Muskego, they got a whole bunch of high school football players. Obviously, their programs are incredible. It's not just you. Is it just you at Franklin? No, I also have uh, Jonathan Hubbard. Um, so, as uh, Ryan was saying, he uh, uh, stepped in um, after Sarah left and went over to Muskego. Um, yeah. And- picked up right where we kind of left off <laughs> well was it no problem with her leaving to go to Muskego, mike you're not mad or anything well he took oh. he took jonathan jonathan was with us as kind of we traded so they <laughs> both got a good deal wow yeah Muskego. exactly it, was, it wasn't quite that smooth or simple but... <laughs> yeah yeah it wasn't Muskego gets a gets athletic tra- trainer renamed later you get something else in this draft <laughs> right. coming up in yeah, two years exactly. or Maybe cash option something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, Mike, how much have things changed over the years for people in your business? Oh, I mean, quite a bit. I mean, with the rules and regulations as far as that acclimatization or getting acclimated to the season starting, you know, slowly um, and cutting down on practice times, I mean, along with the con- concussion research and limiting hitting and contact, I mean, 
quite a difference from 22 years ago when I started out at Kewaskum. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet a lot of a, a big difference. And you know, at Franklin, um, are they one of the schools that that have helmets for some of these kids that that you um, you can monitor the hits. Um, we do some of that research um, as far as orchestrated through Dr. McRae. Yes. Um, so we do have a couple kids. As far as us monitoring the hits, we don't have everybody in those, and they're research purposes only. Um, we don't have them. It's a difficult thing for an athletic trainer when you have a smaller staff to really be in tune and checking that stuff out. Um, you really need two or three athletic trainers to monitor that the helmet hit system really well, in my mind. Hey, Ryan, how important is the relationship that you have as the head football coach um, with the athletic trainer to make sure that you guys are on the same page? It's monumental. I mean, there's so many trust or worry issues, and, you know, football coaches are paranoid by nature. Right. And if they don't trust their uh, athletic trainer, it just brings a whole other level to it. But I can tell you from my experiences with the people I've been around throughout my career, and I would tell you Mike's right there from everything that Coach Brown has said. Um, it's completely turn it over to them, and you just move forward and, and be paranoid about other things but not the care of your athletes. Hey, Mike, well, how do you handle if the, the coach um, dis- disagrees with you on whether a kid should play on Friday or not? Well, you know, the nice thing is that I don't think I've ever really been in that scenario um, in working with Coach Brown. Um, we had Coach Clump prior to him. Um and Coach Miller, um, Coach Miller and Brown are both on staff, obviously, still with Lewis being our head coach. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he really kind of turfs it to us, you know, and he takes what we have to say uh, to heart, and we really don't get a lot of pushback. You know, there's times, obviously, coaches are frustrated, and I think more of that is frustration than really saying, hey, I need this kid. You know, one of my favorite uh, things that, that Ashley and I did, we, we had a, a kid at Martin Luther basketball player a couple years ago that um, – I thought he was ready to go. She thought he was ready to go. And it was still in his mind that it wasn't. And I said, well, let's play good cop, bad cop. And she goes, well, I'll be the good cop. I said, okay, I'll be the bad cop. And I just went off on this kid. And she kind of like standing next to him and saying, hey, coach, come on, are you kidding? And I kind of went off and, and said, look, it's time you get out on the floor. Let's go man up a little bit. And and she was like being the good cop and kind of had her arm around him saying, you know, don't listen. But I think maybe you can go a little harder and stuff like that. Well, the kid got real mad at me and, and went on the floor and ticked off and got after it pretty good. And she, we kind of looked and thought, man, we got a nice little team going here. And I said, Ashley, next time, can I be the good cop? She's like, no, you do that bad cop really well, and I'll play, I'll be the good cop. And if we got to do this again, let's do it that way. Hey, Mike, what about parents? Do you, do you ever have to have conversations with parents about kids playing? Yeah, and I mean, that's probably the biggest part of our job is kind of trying to educate them as to where we're at, what we're going through, and what the process is. I mean, I've had kids and parents that are like, hey, they're ready. They're cleared. You know, but he's coming back from an ACL. I mean, yeah, you're cleared to do everything, but it's going to take that little bit extra before you're back. And, I mean, a lot of the kids that I've worked through, especially with football on the ACL injuries, they'll tell you they got gassed that first year back. By the tail end of the season, they're like, I wasn't functioning really well. You know, and then all of a sudden that next year they make that jump and they're like, yeah, you know, I just need that little bit of addition. And that's why I kind of almost equated to putting them on a pitch count early. You know, and I'm not looking for you in August, early September. I'm looking for you late October, November, hopefully. 
and that's where we need you. Those first few games, we're going to kind of limit your snaps, and you're going to be mad at me. Parents might be mad at me, but we're going to do that for the benefit of you and getting you back and healthy and conditioned. Hey, Mike, what, uh, last question for you. What any, any changes in what you guys are doing this year compared to last year? You know, we just had uh, Pat Miles on, and he's an official, and we talked about any rule changes. How about for you guys? Um, I mean, we've actually been pretty consistent with the way we do things um, as far as the practices go. And even when they kind of instituted the new guidelines as far as what you can and can't do hitting-wise in practice, I mean, I think that required us to cut out about 15 minutes to a half hour of our practice time to be in compliance. Typically, once we get through these two weeks, hitting is minimal. Um, I mean, we don't have a huge concussion problem, knock on wood, um, at Franklin. And like I said, we really minimize that hitting once we get into the meat of the season. He is Mike Freitag. He's the athletic trainer at Franklin, part of uh, MOSH. And uh, we thank him for his time. Mike, thanks you so much. And and, uh, have a good season. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. And good luck over at Muskego this year, Ryan. Thanks, Mike. Good luck to you. You do a great job. Yeah. All right, thanks. Hey, we're going to get to a break. Other side of the break, uh, I want to find out if you still miss coaching. You know, now it's – I know that first year you did, and I know last year you still kind of – well, find out year three. If you're just an athletic director, if you are, then I need to stop calling you coach. I'll start calling you Mr. McMillan or something. <laughs> we'll go figure that out on the other side. This is the U Sports Show brought to you by Allstate Insurance on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Mike McGivern alongside Ryan McMillan. He's the athletic director at Muskego. You miss coaching still? I, I think I always miss coaching. Uh, there's no doubt. I think um, I think to just miss working with kids uh, and working, you know, helping people get to to be successful and setting them up for success. I think is the biggest thing. I mean, even watching my daughter, I try to stay out of it as much as I can. I can't be at everything. Obviously, as being an AD, I right? Mean, if I could, maybe I'd consider coaching her groups and softball or hockey or volleyball or whatever she's got going on, but. Uh, I don't know. It's interesting. There's no doubt that uh, there's times you want to jump in. There's well, but... hey, I've retired from basketball, 36 years. So we'll see how this goes. <laughs> you know, we'll see exactly how this goes. You know, we've talked to all these guys about getting ready for the season, right. and um, you know, I got a lot of stuff to get ready for too. Making sure that you're in for as my co-host, getting guests. The Thursday night lights thing is coming up, and and we talked to Pete Monfrey about it, and. I got a, a really nice message from David Ford, who used to be the general manager. He's the guy who started Thursday Night Lights 10 years ago and hired me. When he when he called, I'm like, have you seen me? And he's like, I have. Come on over, man. We want, want you to be our sideline reporter. And I thank him for this because 10 years of doing this. And, and uh, had he not been so smart to hire a guy, I tell people he <laughs> couldn't afford a good-looking girl, so he got all this. But, you know, a lot goes into that. And then that Friday night scoreboard show, I don't know if you know this, but Ron Davies, who's always been my co-host, has had some medical issues. I didn't. So he's not going to be my co-host this year. And what my thought is, I'm gonna, I uh, reached out to uh, Jeff Tricky, and he's going to come in for a couple of weeks. Cool. I think Doug Sarver, who's the AD at St. Francis, when they're away, he's willing to come in for a week or two. 
and I'm still trying to figure out the other weeks. So if you know of any retired guys that want to sit in on Friday night when Mesquite goes away, you let me know. Sounds good. You know what? We go all over the area. Well, you know what the show is. Yeah. It's it's yeah. a really fun show, but I'm still looking for you know, a couple of guys that uh, maybe Terry Kelly, who's uh, coaching at Marquette for a long time and does our, our shows on sure. Thursday night. I'll ask him to sit in. But Ron Davies is a hard guy to, you know, he's the man. He is the man. He is the man. And normally we get we get winning coaches on because he, they know Ron's on. So that's look at who I'm going after. You, Tricky, <laughs> um, you know, all Hall of Fame guys, man. You know, Doug Sarver. You know, guys like that. So we right. still get winning coaches. If they know it's just me and some other guy, they probably won't come on. So got to make sure hey. that who's ever sitting in Ron's chair is uh, is up doing to par, up to par, That's and right. certainly praying for Ron and his wife on a daily basis. Totally, agree. and uh, I'm hoping that that he's feeling feeling uh, a little bit better, and and maybe by the end of the year, maybe he'll he'll call me and say, "Hey, I got one in me," like, and I go, "Man, come on in." I hope so. Any. Any any Friday that he wants to sit in this chair, man, it's his. He owns it. So we're just yeah. going to borrow it to other guys until he's ready to uh, to go. Hey, exciting time, man! Very hey, exciting. Youth football is how big is it? Muskego, it's huge. Yep. Big in Oconomowoc. Yep. Getting there. Yeah, it's not. I think Muskego's you know program is probably a little bit bigger. Um, different structures uh, to each each community kind of has their own own deal and how they structure everything. But I could tell you, um, Muskego, there's some scheduling glitches. So there's like the first time ever in the history of our youth football program, they all get to play at home one Saturday. So we're going to be rolling from like nine to nine. Oh my goodness. On the turf. So we'll rock it Friday night and they'll come in with everybody and they'll rock it again for uh, another nine, 12 hours, whatever it is. How cool is it for those kids? Yep. Great. It's awesome. They can all support each other. They can all see each other. They can build that continuity. Can Concessions can have a great day, and away we go. Hey, I don't know if you'll remember this, but I do. The first time I ever met you, had you in studio. You're sitting where you're sitting now, and um, we're talking about congratulations, head coach at Oconomowoc. It's nice to meet you. I hear great things about you. And we go to a break, and I asked you about the youth program. <laughs> and you said, well... Uh-uh. I don't. Uh, I don't know if I want to talk about it. I said, "What's going on?" He said, "I don't know if they're happy. I'm there, and and they're separate from. But you know what? I'm going to fix that. It might take me a bit, but I'll fix it." And you did when you yeah. were there. But it was a totally like it was. They didn't want any part of this. They wanted to be their own their own entity, and I don't think that works. It doesn't work. Um, you have to have the continuity. From top to bottom and across. I mean, they're starting the race. High school's got to finish the race. Um, and if you don't, again, it's about relationships. It took time for me to build relationships with the right people and yeah. and, and get them to to trust and and I'm you know trying to work with folks that sometimes everyone in athletics they think people think they know better or they can do better or whatever it might be, and it just takes time to bridge the gap that you're not trying to attack anybody it's just this is what we got to do to be one unit and move forward and and you learn that from your days in Wanakee, right yes sir i mean that's that's that that's one community that it's a football community right yeah it's definitely a football community i mean rich tradition there the one thing that i would say that area in general like dane county they were able to build youth football a little bit from more of like the head high school coaches, I kind of saw a trend coming, and the the head 
high school coaches out there kind of built it together, and then it's kind of morphed into what it is today where the more um, affluent areas such as Waxhaw County, Milwaukee, some of these other things that have bigger cities and greater exposure to some of these other things may have had youth football and whatnot beforehand and their own entities. And right. So that was, I think that was probably the biggest difference for me at Oconomowoc is I had to get to something that was already established. And I had to try to figure out how are we going to work together and, and who are the right people to lead both ends of it and, and have that um, liaison go back and forth. And, and Wait, I got to tell you, when, when we went to a break on that show and you were telling me some inside stuff that we're not going to share on the air, but that was years ago. Yeah. But I went, oh, I like this guy. All right, he's a fighter. He's an Irish boy. He's a fighter, and he's going to figure it out. And, uh, yeah, that's – I didn't know at that point you'd be the AD at Muskego and, and be my co-host. Either did I. But I <laughs> knew that that if I had the chance to, to have you in studio – I was having you in studio every year when you were coaching because I just enjoyed – you know, your, your perspective on this stuff is a little bit – Different and I and, and way more in lockstep with I with I, what I believe how this stuff should be, and it just makes sense. It doesn't it doesn't have to be that complicated, right? Like you said, you guys start the race and we'll finish the race over here. So let's work together and and you, you kind of see the good football programs, the good youth programs. Uh, you you see it year after year, totally year after year. Muskego, Franklin, Oak Creek has got a pretty decent youth football program, yep. and they're you know, coming and, and Coach Parr's going to do a nice job. They're coming there. back quickly. They're coming back real quickly. When you look at uh, the Classic Eight, um, I think you probably pick Muskego to win it. But there's some man. I think Arrowhead's going to be pretty good this year. Yeah, everything I've heard is uh, they've kind of got some athletes back and they feel good about uh, where they're at and and they got some some good kids over there. There's no doubt. The other program that I would I would you know people may have have kind of forgotten about. McGuanico last couple of years. I'd watch out for them. Kettle Moraine's another one that's kind of been on the rise here. Yeah. They've been on the rise and walks. Look, Walkshot North's got a kid that full ride to Wisconsin. They got a quarterback that can throw it. And if they can fill in some of those other pieces, they, they're going to be fun to watch. Yep. North has got a great track program, so they do a good job of developing speed yeah, that Matt, fits their spread. Matt Harris does a nice job over there. Absolutely. Kettle Moraine has got a whether a coaching change, but they promoted from within, so yep. it shouldn't be too many changes. And McGuanago is, is coming and coming quickly because they got kids that haven't played football and that are athletes that are are starting to come out. And when you start getting that going in your school where, where kids who haven't been involved or always wanted to be involved or maybe were and then stepped away are coming back to the game, uh, it's going to get good in a hurry. And, look, we you know we you talk Mosquito, you talk Catholic Memorial, you talk Waukesha West – you, you know, and, and look, the only team teams we haven't talked about is Oconomowoc, Waukesha South. And I'm telling you, you put those those teams in any other conference, yeah. they're, they're making the playoffs, yeah. right? And both of them have personnel to give you give yeah. fits and, and can be dangerous. And, and nobody really knows what you are right now because, you know, week one such a wild card. I, I hope the Marquette Muskego lives up to be, you know, a one-score game, and it's you know maybe overtime or whatever it takes. As long as the Warriors win, it's good. But. I'm, I'm surprised that we're invited back because the last game where we did at Muskego, I think, was the Waukesha West. It was yep. the McCudden <laughs> one, where the- I've been told numerous times that that has not gone away in the lo- local faith. Hey man, there. you can't blame me for that. Nope. The guys are yelling at me. I had nothing to do with that. The refs thought he was knocked out and blew yeah. the whistle and. Oh boy! Yeah, I tell you what, 
that was good TV right there. It was. That was good TV, and and uh, I I got a feeling. Look, Coach Maz is going to have Marquette ready. Oh yeah. The, the last game they played last year was against Muskego. Yep. Not happy about that. That's a that's a team. That's a school with a lot of pride when it comes to this. And it was and, a hard fought game too, in the snow and the cold and the wind. I mean, I'm so fortunate that we won it. Obviously, because I would not want to lose that. Because it was a tough night to be out there. So they're gonna be hungry. There's where, no doubt. Where were you, by the way? Were you up in the press box? No, or? I was on the sideline. You were? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was at a game that night. I called Matt Harrison and said, hey, buddy, <laughs> not only do I need one spot, I need two because a really good friend of mine and a client, his nephew played for Lake uh, Lakes, uh, Lakeside Lutheran, and they were playing St. Catharines. And he said, I really want to come, but my wife hates the cold. I said, no, I got you. I'll figure it out. And so we sat up. In fact, I was sweating a little bit. It was so warm up in that press box. That's awesome. Yeah, but then had to walk a quarter of a mile or a half mile to the car. Whew, the cold that was hard. get you. That, no doubt. No doubt. This will be fun Thursday, the 22nd. Uh, Marquette at Muskego. I really appreciate you having us. If you know of any uh, crafters out there that want to come out and sell their goods, we got a little craft fair going on beforehand. Fair at the Fields, onewarrior.org. Check it out. Wh- what is it? Fair at the Fields, it's called. It's uh, from 2 to 7 pregame. Little tent city, kind of like the SEC. If we can what? get enough, we don't. I mean, we'll where, see if we get enough. Where are they going to be? I'm really not going to be able to park. They'll be just to the south of the of the stadium. Oh, so it, it's going to be great if we can uh, bring it together and get enough. Uh, if you have interest in that, you give Ryan McMillan a call at Muskego. Ryan, it's good to see you again. Good to see you too. You bet. This is the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local Pick and Save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 